Visible podcast. I'm Ernest. I am um, floating knife holding Hunter Mobley. And I'm Aldous Hazard. Oh. <laughs> I'm Skimbleshanks. <laughs> We're going to take take two on I'm, that. I'm Skimbleshanks, a railway cat. I was going to say I'm Aldous Hodge's uh, agent who finally got their shit together and gave him a role because I've liked that man for a decade. Yeah, same. Leverage on TNT. Skimble Shanks. Let's lead with are leverage. You big, are you a big the fan invi- of leverage? I watched every procedural that was on TNT in USA as a kid. The Invisible Cat. Aldous was great from the beginning. They just didn't give movies to black people back then. And now he gets this lovely uh, one-dimensional cop man. Hey, he was in like uh, he was in Hidden Figures and a couple of other like little things. But yeah, five years ago though, that man is not a black actor. That role doesn't oh, go. Yeah. To, you know what I mean? Like it was so nice to see. Because it's not like talked about much. It's just like, yeah, he just is a black guy. He did a good job. I thought he was one of the better parts of the movie. I love Aldous Hodge, man. I really like. He's very funny in Leverage on TNT. <laughs> you don't have anything to say about his other acting credits. I don't even or... want to talk about this movie. I just want to talk about Leverage on TNT. Welcome to We Bought a Mic, an Invisible Man podcast. Here talking the Invisible Man, 2020. Um based on the novel by H.G. Wells. You guys ever read that? No. Um, not the novel. I'm familiar with the character. You guys ever seen a Hotel Transylvania movies? Oh, no. He's, he's in this. I was too busy reading uh, books from the 1920s, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Written and directed by Mr. Lee Winnell, mm-hmm. starring Elizabeth of, Moss. Of Saw. Yeah. Screen- of starring in Saw. Yeah, mm-hmm. and screenwriting it, right? Didn't he write Saw? Maybe. Did I, he write- Probably. I don't know. Is he just? An uh, he is a writer on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was him a, and James Wan both have a uh, story writing credits. He on wrote. Song. Yeah, he wrote a lot of horror movies uh, and acted. And now he's but a he's also the writer director of Upgrade that came out a couple years ago. That's right. Which I still need to see. Didn't, Has anyone seen that? Didn't mixed reviews on that bad boy. I really want to see that movie because I've heard really interesting things about it and. Especially after seeing this movie, I am in on this guy. Yeah, I, I think. At the very least, we can say that this is a, a pretty promising uh, talent, uh, talented director here. The, Definitely. The movie has its its problems, and we'll get into that. But I think that, at least from a storytelling perspective, the idea of, of telling this kind of old, old monster tale from the perspective of, of the victim is genius. Is pretty genius. And... and um, Basically, what we have here is exploration of the idea of gaslighting and abuse in general. Yeah. And if you don't know, gaslighting is basically when you abuse somebody and convince them that they are somehow making up the abuse, that they're crazy for even thinking. And it goes even further than that. Like, it's just a tactic used by abusers, like to convince people that, like, every little thing in their life they're wrong about. Exactly. Like, just to to drive them insane. This whole movie is about that. It's not just the central relationship. The entire story explores this concept. And that, I think, is a fucking genius movie. So, Hunter, I know. We, every episode since this podcast started, you've talked about Lee Wanell's upcoming movie, The yeah. Invisible Man. Apparently, the I haven't, I haven't heard it personally. I but have been, I have been championing. Hunter this movie says for a he's been time. championing it, and I'm gonna have to believe him. I've, I've been. <laughs> the flag was planted. I bought stock in this movie. I don't, I don't remember very it. early. I went on Invisible Man Island. I went on the Invisible Island, and guess what? Like this movie, my problems with this movie are pretty invisible. Because I think that this movie is fucking amazing. I love this movie wholeheartedly. I think that everything that Lee Winnell does with the direction and the way that he creates tension out of nothing 
is masterful. Um, I think that the performance is, of course, Elizabeth Moss. She carries this thing. I think She's that phenomenal. she is like award worthy. If we ever like actually gave love to like actors in horror movies, I think that she is deserving yeah. of she, that. Is she has she taken the Scientology throne? Um, yes. <laughs> from Tom. Well, I, Tom is Tom is beyond the throne. Well, he has ascended to the higher plane. Yeah, he is. He's the he's god. ascended yeah. to the uh, to the <laughs> what's um, a king to a god the the heavy side layer. <laughs> what's now. a Tom to a <laughs> What's a Tom, What's to, a Tom a to a cat? He finally got permission from Judy Dench. Um, um, so no, I I really really enjoyed this movie too, and I'm not gonna say I found it. I I wouldn't call it a masterpiece, or anything like that, because uh, I, I think a lot of it boils down to Lee's uh, history and his desire to create mainstream entertainment. And I think that the genius of the movie is that it explores. Uh, a, a theme that has a lot of depth while still being a mainstream. Exactly, it has. Movie. It has a lot of entertainment value with the the thrills yeah. and the and tension. Yeah, I mean, I was uh out I saw a late night screening at 10:30 p.m. I was outright horrified yeah. last night. And like there's I some was truly very shocking moments. It is it's very like it is a movie where like you were kind of checking behind your back yeah. afterwards and we're just three dudes, especially like I told my girlfriend that I was going to go see this movie and she was like the whole idea of this movie was just like a big fuck no to that yeah. shit because she's just like I'm already like have the fe- like live in fear just being a woman in society, exactly. much less having a movie like this that capitalizes on like what if somebody could be tormenting you and also you can't see them and nobody believes you that you are being yep. tormented. I think that the way that this movie plays off of that is so genius and the reinvention of a character the invisible man like you said not a new idea yeah. but the reinvention and also not to a bring horror that, story yeah but the reinvention to bring that into the modern day society is genius um Lee Winnell did an interview well he's done a few different good interviews but uh one of them i think on the big picture podcast he was talking about how one of those draws to this character is you think about the other like classic horror movie uh, villains like there's something kind of sexy about them like Dracula is like this has kind of this charisma with women about him Frankenstein has this sweet affectation Wolfman is kind of a tragic character but the Invisible Man is just like he's a sociopath like there's no like hidden beauty behind and him. Like, we don't know him until the end yeah we don't we, I, all we do is hear about him right yeah. and we are very scared of him based on yeah. every single person's account do, of who he is i do want to save a lot of my thoughts about that specifically for spoilers because the the way this movie starts i think is a stroke of genius um but i don't want to reveal it because i was so surprised by where where it does start really incredible opening sequence yeah like top top 10 of like the yeah. last few years i do think the year is off to a fantastic start with this movie i'm glad you convinced us to see it hunter mm. i'm really really happy with it i do have uh, a lot of kind of uh, i guess nitpicks slash lingering don't you dare pit anytime you pick a nit i will close my ears and pretend like your voice is invisible to my ear holes <laughs> there's there's some lingering questions that i have that that arise with uh how this movie chooses to ground itself in the believable world um because in the original story uh which i did read i remember reading it way back in the day uh i would love to revisit that book it's 19 uh or 1897 1897 hg wells uh famously a science fiction writer so this movie or so this book uh written by a by a science fiction writer it is from the perspective of the main character and there's uh, a lot of of kind of sci-fi-ishness at play uh borderline like mystical stuff happening there mm. and this movie doesn't go anywhere near that um i won't reveal too much but i do think that it is a pretty pretty great idea to kind of stay away from that and try to update it and try to tell a more kind of grounded story um and maybe we should take this time to kind of do a little bit of of a uh, little table setting behind the scenes uh info for our listeners this is attempt number two from universal to do a uh universal monsters uh series of films yes 
attempt number one, or I guess attempt number one was like decades and decades and decades ago. But yeah, but in no. the modern era, a couple years ago, uh, they were like, "Fuck Brendan Fraser, <laughs> fuck The Rock." Let's bring in some Tom. Some, yeah, let's, Tom let's bring in a fresh face. Well, for the Mummy 2017. Does the Shape of Water qualify into the Monsters universe? That's not Universal. It is was, it that not? was Fox. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Right, it's also right, an original. So this was. So it doesn't. But, I mean, this it is, is like, like a cinematic. It's kind of taking care, a character from the classic. But this is the, it, the 2017 Mummy was Universal being like, okay, how the fuck do we reverse engineer? the success of Marvel with our own properties. We've got Fast and Furious. We'll do what we can with that. But we've also got these monsters. <laughs> so let's call our our friend Tom. And let's do a Vanity Fair photo shoot with Johnny Depp and mm -hmm. Javier Bardem and Russell Crowe and launch the dark universe. Fast forward three years absolutely didn't work dead out in the water yeah did not work out yeah really uh, just embarrassing well the yeah. mummy crashed and burned the mummy yeah. is one of like the biggest bombs in recent memory like it would be probably in the top 10 top 15 as far well as it was a uh go. from every you know conceivable review it was uh mitigated like there it was an attempt to go dark and be in a dark universe but also have light in it uh, it did make solid money. Yeah, it, it made four hundred mil. It's just it was a big hit international. Yeah, of course it was. It was bad, you know? like domestic wise. It it did bad. It just didn't but... generate interest in the universe. Right. No one, no one was like, all right, let what else do you guys have up your sleeve? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just uh, horror. I know that the Mummy was not by far not a horror movie, but darkness it was more in, action. Darkness in general is a lot like comedy where it. It is best when it comes more from the mind of one person, and the mummy just reeked of being like five hundred yeah, people. Corporate, too many people had in products. Yeah, exactly. And this is more of an auteur yeah. piece, even though there's a lot of collaboration. But not involved. just Lee Winnell. I think a lot of credit is due to Jason Blum. Like, oh yeah, Universal went to Blum and said, "Look, what we're." attempting to do is not going to work at the scale that we want it to we're not going to be able to pump out the wolfman and <laughs> jekyll and hyde and uh what was the other one i guess dracula and frankenstein what was, what was depp gonna do i think he was invisible man actually yeah <laughs> fuck um man I'm very glad different movie glad we didn't oh, get that god um so they they plug they pull the plug on that and they went to blum and they were like we want you to have your crack at uh, taking on these monster movies with a much lower bu budget and a much smaller scale and focus. Don't go big and, and broad and grand with spectacle. Focus on the story. Yeah, make Blumhouse movies. And I think that that's what the success of this movie is. It's like my, my problems are with the logic behind some of the things kind of in the machinations in the background, but that's not what the movie's about. The movie's about this woman going through a emotional, yeah, traumatic experience. It's about one character. I mean, and we should all so I mean talk about it being a lower budget. This movie, the budget was nine million. No way, nine million dollars according shit. to Google. Good shit. Um, uh, it has in its opening weekend. We're recording this on Monday. It's made forty-eight million, so it has already gotten five times its budget on the first weekend, which is amazing. I mean, that's a Blumhouse that's the, tradition. Exactly. Though. That's exactly what he does: is that he'll crank out a movie for three million dollars and he'll make twenty, and he's like, "Cool, I just made a huge, a huge margin yeah. on this." I think that this movie is going to be a bigger hit than this, at least for rated R movies in February. I mean. Aside from Get Out, which was kind of an anomaly, like movies, especially horror movies in this time of year, don't really make a lot of money. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that this is going to have a great word of mouth to it because I've yeah. just, I've already just heard murmurings of people on the internet talking to each other. I don't have friends in real life, but I've heard, I've just kind of seen the chatter about this movie yeah. grow that I think that it's I going mean, to look have at good us. legs. I was not sold on this movie. I saw at all. I was, and I was then more and more here people. on the invisible <laughs> island. See, I didn't know a damn thing I about it. I bought property. When I, if you ever mentioned it, I was not listening like usual. I bought property in Silicon Valley in the seventies, and it's all paying <laughs> dividends now. So, um, I I didn't know a, a damn thing about it except for like right leading up to it. 
Um, and it does seem that like the filmy film crowd isn't crazy about it, but I don't know how you could leave the theater. And at least you have to admit that it's an effective horror movie. I do have to, I yeah. am curious. Very oh, yeah. You guys saw this at later showtimes. How was your crowd seeing this movie? I was in a, Com- almost completely empty theater uh, only a couple other people yeah i was yeah it was really late and there was it was like a third full maybe um mm-hmm. and there was still like you know there was the one guy with his girlfriend who always kind of had to be like oh <laughs> <laughs> i will you say, gotta have a guy like that i was no fine with movie. it honestly i was like yeah I like there that was guy. one couple that got to the movie like maybe five minutes late and then left right before like the big shocking scene and I was like, you could have stayed a little bit longer and then probably made it all the way through the end. You know, why get the bow out? I so I saw this movie uh, Friday night and an RPX theater that was nearly sold out. And nice. it was one of the best movie theater experiences that I've had in a long time. Oh, like everybody yeah. was so into it. People were like screaming like, ah, at certain points and yeah, stuff it's like, like that. Poking your fucking back. Great. Yeah. Also, yeah. if you <laughs> oh, haven't, if no, you haven't seen this movie yet, is. no, RPX is just loud. It's like uh Regal's version of Dolby. Oh, I thought um, it was the, Oh I no, I saw 40X. this. I saw this movie in D box. Um, I was being shook around. <laughs> I literally yeah. felt like breathing behind me <laughs> at yeah. a certain you point. You were stabbed. I was, I was stabbed. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I will say, if you haven't seen this movie yet, see it in the loudest theater possible. Um, because seeing this in RPX, the sound of this movie is incredible. Yeah, a lot like, of stillness. Even just in the very opening, how the movie starts out where there's just the waves crashing, it was just like booming. It reminded me of seeing The Lighthouse in theaters, except it was like even cranked up louder of just hearing these crashing waves. And then the way that when a movie can be so loud and then there's the silent moments, Mm -hmm. it makes it that much more effective. It was also, there's a lot of, uh, I would, I would actually be willing to call it inspiration from a quiet place with this movie. Of course. At the very least this movie, like he was able to sell that idea by pointing to the quiet place and how insanely successful it was. The idea of having like maybe like a 10 minute opening sequence with no dialogue Mm. that is hard to sell for like a commercially viable movie and it works so goddamn well opening sequence incredible the whole movie has a ton and of just, silence to i it. think the 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 big thing that krasinski did with a quiet place is like trusting the audience to be in on the ride yeah like you pay know? attention yeah. yeah so that's what this movie does is like it doesn't do the usual bullshit that a lot of movies do not too much to exposition like dumb it down yeah and you get to a that lot point, too. he also lee winnell does a good job of trusting the audience that you don't have to see like crazy shit invisible floating things to feel the tension there yeah. that it is more tense that you don't know if this man is standing there or not right like that you don't know if he is there because that is the same fear that elizabeth moss is in you are well, really her- in her perspective the entire movie and i think that that's why this movie makes such a great use uh a fun fact for the listeners we record these podcasts out of order i mentioned it wherever you talked about the witch drew about how this movie uses negative space in the frame and how it just creates all the tension that you are literally like you're scanning the frame to see if you can yeah. like see a shadow it reminded me of like in hereditary yes. whenever we saw that in a the theater and you're scanning the shadows yeah to try and look and, for something and in that when that happens everything looks incriminating Mm -hmm. like every single thing that's jutting out and they obviously there's great intent in like having a couple things that could be something there's (laughs) one that's slightly out of place if you're like she could just bump that on her way out of the room there's one shot where she's like she knows something's going on in the kitchen and it comes to the kitchen and there's an oven mitt that's like starkly white compared to the whole rest of the room and it's hanging on a cabinet you realize but it looks like it's floating for a second you're like fuck no (laughs) yeah hell fucking no dude nope not about that oven mitt. Her performance is what sells a lot of those moments because you're a lot of times she's just reacting to the stillness and the ambiance of these empty spaces. And that's what like really makes those moments soar is, is that performance that that we're that we're seeing from Elizabeth Moss. Like she is truly phenomenal and there's countless uh, little micro moments where I genuinely felt like I was in her shoes, you know, feeling Very much. that dread, yeah, that that unspeakable so like, much, so much uh, dread, panic yeah. of somebody watching you. Um, I just I think it was really well done. Um, I have a lot of thoughts 
for spoilers. So if you guys yeah, have anything left, there's spoilers. Basically, we've already and the movie also does early on. If you're not an idiot, the movie does sort of point toward the fact that this the Invisible Man is real and it's not a figment of her imagination. Um, well, but it's, for for a long stretch, well, you're wondering. That's the that's the best part of the movie. Is it's first of all, it's not one of those movies where everyone is seeing creepy shit and they're like, ah, probably nothing. Yeah, that no, she's the only one seeing this shit, and she's like, guys, yeah. For real. So that's what it goes along with what you're saying earlier about how this movie is like gaslighting the movie because it is that this person is smart. Like they are a genius. The Invisible Man is a genius. He's a sociopath, but he is still a genius and he knows like I'm just here to torment her well, yeah. and to make her feel and crazy. We, yeah. And what I'm like the, the scene I'm pointing to in particular is in that opening sequence. Like he, she goes through the room of all his like invisible man shit, you know, where like his experimenting room. And you're like, all right, well, that's what it's going to be. But uh, I don't see that as a compromise because you could argue that it would be a better movie if like we found out. If it was relayed like like maybe midway through that he was an expert in optics and you're like, oh, fuck, he must be real or something like that. Mm. That would be really, really cool. But I don't think it's a compromise. I think Lee Wanell wanted to make a movie that everyone could watch. Yeah. Anyone could get. You well, know what I mean? The movie's called The Invisible Man. And if it's not called The Invisible Man, then no one sees it because they're just like, what's this new Blumhouse movie? Yeah. I don't care about well, that. And if- it's called The Invisible Man. You know that it is there, and I think that he plays off of that tension. Well, yeah, because if it's if it's a movie where you go through most of the movie actually wondering if it's real, a lot of people would jump off board at mm-hmm. that point. A lot of people would be like, "All right, if this is not a real monster, like any any scary movie where the monster is not real, people don't like that shit." Yeah, think yeah. about it. Comes <laughs> exactly. at night that came out a few years ago, a movie that I really love. Fucking it's all just of like, those, no like monster, the villager, whatever. Like fear. just any movie where it turns out the real fear was yeah. the fear we had all along. I mean, again, that's again. <laughs> The fear we made along the way. It's also Jason Blum. Like, Blum, he knows his shit when it comes to this, and he knows that artsy-fartsy Eggers Aster type fare is not going to make money. Yeah. and He's in the business of making money. And this made some fucking money. It's going to make more, and it deserves to, because there's a place in art for a movie that keeps everyone along for the ride. And this is a movie like that. Like, it really does. And it doesn't feel mitigated. It doesn't feel like two different heads colliding. It feels like one guy who wanted to get a lot of people in a theater. And I love that. The artsy fartsy farts are reserved for the lighthouse. You only, you leave those in there. You don't bring them into this, okay? Um, any any final thoughts? I loved we... when Elizabeth Moss yelled "Hark" yeah. <laughs> on the ocean side. I I love Elizabeth Moss in this. I'm a sucker for any movie that is about a single person. Yeah. And- Elizabeth, Luckily, in a performance. Well, Elizabeth you know. Moss is so good at playing tortured characters. Like that is like her niche that yeah. she yeah. has just carved out. There, her face is like the perfect face for just like experiencing dread and torment. It, yeah, no, she's she's awesome. And Great agent job by her. Well, it's yeah, it's good to see she. We we're allowed to say she is not a traditionally attractive woman, and she's still getting these fucking roles. And that's because she's good at acting, and she like makes moves. Mm-hmm. Like did she, she deserves uh, it. Did she uh, market correct um, um, Renee Zellweger? <laughs> well, no, Renee because well, Renee got kind of kicked out from some Hollywood stuff because it was a different time in which like you had to be a traditionally well, attractive she, woman. Her problem was that she started more traditionally attractive and then she lost it and then she got surgeries and then those went wrong. You know, she had a whole different situation. Elizabeth is just a really great actress and we're, you know, it's great that Hollywood she, is actually giving her what she deserves. She has been working yeah, she for works, a bro. long time. Her first movie role was in 1991. Yeah. And her first TV role was in 1990. She's been over. I say so. that Elizabeth Moss is our queen, and we love her. And she pops deeply. up in a ton of good yeah. shit. You like, are she's, a beautiful she's person. She's us. You know, she just like she, yeah. she she works. She's great in that. Remember that uh uh that Duplass movie, the one I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, with her. Yeah, I love that movie. Similar to us. Hey, in some her ways. and her. <laughs> Both, yeah. both Elizabeth Mosses are in that yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I found this movie very enjoyable. We could, you know, we can say that maybe I wish there was some more dimension to some other characters. I know it's about her, but they got enough screen time that I wanted more yeah. dimension. That's the thing. The The movie spends 
enough time making you care about the, the about side other people. Characters. Yeah, that you would think maybe they could flesh them out more also, which that's, you know, I think that's definitely... But it does slow down enough to make yeah. you invested in, in, in their well, art. And they're not... It's not like you, you get snippets of a character and you're like, that doesn't track. Like, the characters do track as people... Yeah. I just wanted to. I wanted them to be a little more human because the moth I, yeah, is so human. I shouldn't say you know? they even have arcs. They they don't really have arcs, but but they. But have they're a they're around. They feel in the story. real. There's one moment that I didn't love with side characters that we can talk about whenever we get into spoilers. Yeah, so that was the only thing. Otherwise, like it's not like you needed a full narrative arc from them, but you get enough. That they feel like real people. We care. Yeah, we care, which yeah. is all you need in this type of story. Yeah, yeah. Where there's like. Exactly. A very direct thing at stake. Yeah, I was... Aldous Hodge, what I said in, during the intro song, if you caught, is a lot of his lines boiled down to, AOC, you good? <laughs> like, that. he says that a lot. <laughs> and he looks, like, exasperated a lot. And he's, he's like... He, <laughs> he's also just, like, an, a great guy in this movie. Yeah. Like, his character is just a good man. Yeah. Almost too good. <laughs> like, he's just, like, a perfect human. I think uh, Oliver Jackson Cohen is actually just a really misunderstood character. He plays Adrian. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to spoilers. So this is your I last. I do not like that man. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't even know about that actor. Man, his face is just like I hate him. I just see a picture of him. It's a good like, thing I, we didn't have to oh, see I hate him. That guy. Yeah, it's a good thing we didn't have to see yeah, much. But of him. when you do see him, you're like this. I'm terrified. Of him. Who's, who's the brother? <laughs> well. I, I have let's get to spoilers. Like Michael Dorman. Let's get to spoilers because mm-hmm. yeah. I, I have some thoughts. So last chance, go see it in theaters now. The Invisible Man. Go see Man. it. Don't listen to the spoilers until you see this movie because yeah. there is a lot to spoil. Hey, yeah, how please, about this is not one to not, spoil. Quick non-spoiler. This is a great pod redemption arc for Storm Reed. We Storm Reed. Hey, I gave her redemption for oh my God, that's, for Wrinkle in Time. That's her. This is her. This is the yeah. Wrinkle in Time girl. I, this is redemption for her. I will on the say, pod. I, I gave I gave her that. redemption on Euphoria, but none of you guys ever watched Euphoria, she, so she's really good. In Euphoria she is too. awesome in this movie. Wow. I I like her character. I like how it's written, and I like her performance. Yeah, and she also very tall now. Good for yeah, her. Yeah, that well, that's why I didn't recognize <laughs> yeah. her. She's grown up. Um. Well, yeah. Okay. So I I didn't like the scene where her grow. white boyfriend was like. I like your hair, and he and she's like, really? <laughs> anyway, spoilers. That's, that's a wrinkle in time spoiler. Yeah, that's a, that is a wrinkle. In time <laughs> spoilers now. Okay, big ask. Bringing back leap of faith award. Bringing back the le- the. <laughs> here's the question. Uh, from the Wabamis that uh, that Drew brought the 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 thing in the movie that may break it because it's a too much of an ask. Is this that, is this a big ask nominee for it's, 2020? It's asking you the most to be. We should on do board. like you know an old school sports center where they would show a highlight and then be like sports center top ten nominee. This is a a big ask. The big ask nominee. nominee. I will take this into consideration, okay. but I cannot guarantee it will so, make the final cut. <laughs> I actually have a list of possible things that, that I can nominate for things, but the one How dare you, the one thing that that I'll pick that that rises above everything else is I will buy that the brother will help him. Yes. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Mm-hmm. That I'll make that little jump. But to buy that the brother will wear the suit and brutalize and murder other people. Well, no, he wasn't doing it the whole time. Yeah, he was just doing it that last. It thing was where just he got the caught. last time. But he fucking beats the shit out of our guy, out of our well, our dad. He's like, I mean, because he's set up as being like a little bitch boy to his older brother the whole he time. He's ready to he murder up, this. Family. I actually love that character. I think that he plays a great character because at first you're like, oh god, he's another victim of abuse. So let's and go to the sleep of faith. He's probably though. into that. So I think that he is like just as sociopathic as his brother yeah he's just spine it's like she said you're like the jellyfish him yeah i i was okay with that okay um i would have been very upset though if it had been him the whole time yeah. right that no, would have that would have sucked so, so okay so based on the ending i guess we can start at the end based on the ending the the ending scene i think there's a lot of things going on here it's <laughs> you can't just look at it at surface level and leave the movie and be like okay she's all good now everything's fine i think that there's like a couple of different ways to interpret what happens in this final scene and i do think that there are several readings that work 
it's not one concrete mm. answer. So you could think that maybe it was the brother the whole time and Adrian actually was trapped in the wall uh, for real. But that would actually play into the gaslighting mm-hmm. theme of us actually thinking that this man is innocent. Mm-hmm. And you could also think that somehow um, Elizabeth Moss is like in on it somehow. That Whoa. there's a tinge what? of evil in her. Well, that's she, more of a She stretch. might have done like a more. I mean, she does take the suit at the end, so exactly. we could have a, a an, sequel, Invisible Woman. Yeah, um, she's just hunting down abusers. Well, hey, oh, or just like all good. her exes that dumped her because I mean, she was like hey, ugly or something. Spoilers, spoilers for 2017's The Mummy. But turns out Tom Cruise isn't actually the good guy. Tom Cruise does become the mummy okay. by the end of that movie. Nice. Maybe this is also a backdoor thing where in the end, Elizabeth Moss is the invisible man. She's not. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't not, think so. I will no. not subscribe to so that. So I will say I love the ending to this movie because this movie was actually giving me a lot of vibes to Gone Girl while watching it. And I thought the oh, ending, yeah. I thought we were going to have a Gone Girl ending Neil where they Harris. get back together. <laughs> where like he has broken her down so much that they yeah. end up getting back together at the end of the movie. And then whenever there isn't the Gone Girl ending, I was, I, I clapped. Yeah. No, I was I, cool with that. I like, I the tone of the movie indicated that it wouldn't end on that sour note because, like I said, this is intentionally a commercial movie. Like, yeah. he wanted it to be a movie people watch. To end on that note would be betraying the movie to me. Uh, and I, you're like, I agree. I would have been very upset. Like, yeah, it would have just, like, just hurt me. Um, if it ends, yeah, because there is the path where it ends on her finally accepting, all right, I guess it really was your brother. And then there's like a glint in his eye, and you're like, oh, he's fucking evil. I knew it. Uh, that actor. Don't even like him as an actor, really. I don't like that man. He I has like a, I has like a, he, him as an, in a way that like I hate him. He has a B movie look to him. Yeah, like they obviously cast the brother because he has more screen time. Yeah. They, I mean, ca- they cast on. a better guy. They, they had a nine million dollar budget. Well, they didn't have a lot to they, work with. Well, here. they cast him as a guy because he doesn't have to. Like you say, he doesn't have a lot of screen time. But you see him and you're like, oh yeah, I bet that guy like abuses. Yeah, women. it's almost like he my, looks like he, he looks like he's so traditionally attractive, but he looks like he has like. Uh, born into richness, attractiveness. Yeah. My problem him. was that he didn't look smart. So <laughs> yeah, he didn't have the feel. I wasn't like that's I mean, a come genius. On. Does Mark Zuckerberg look smart? Um, yeah, he does. Okay. He has like alien head. No, <laughs> this, this so, guy has a small head. But I do not. I don't have a problem with him. I only have a problem with one person in the cast, and that's the sister, Harriet Dyer. Oh, okay. so um, wait, I thought that all, she was not. Good. Is the relationship she's dating? What's his name? I didn't. No, 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 no. They're just. What is going on with that? No, they're just friends. Like, okay, she's just like uh, Emily. The sister is like better friends with James Aldous Hodge's character. Why? But is they're she, all like friends is she together. A cop. She's Two? like lawyer. How she's she a, lo- a she's cop? a lawyer and he's a cop. All right. But Lawyers and cops married. know each other in <laughs> like whatever town this is in, San Francisco. It's, what, yeah. It's is San it San Francisco? We see the Golden Gate Bridge, so we know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's no. It, like, she Ubers. Over it has process. like. Yeah. I do like that this movie does kind of feel out of time and place. Like I couldn't. This felt like it was kind of in the future, but you can't really tell well, how into the no, future it, it is. It fits into what I've always talked about with sci-fi. When, when I was talking about her for best of the decade, it's it's a story that is it's sci-fi, but it's based in humanity. Yeah. There's a good playlist on Letterbox someone made called Soft Sci-Fi. This is soft sci-fi, but it's also just pure horror. Yeah, like it's more horror than anything else. Um, but I really. I don't know. It could have gone way more cornball than it did with the inclusion of that suit. But we live in a world where every movie has a dumb like exactly. super suit. I was like, this yeah. is the best use of that that I've ever seen. So do you, you know? do you prefer? Because I think that I do. But do you prefer? Are you happier that it's a suit and not like that he actually made himself? I've been invisible? very conflicted about this. I think because... that I I was conflicted at first, and I think that I've come around to it because I like the idea of like. Anybody can possess this technology. Right. I I think I think that's scary. The idea of the suit is good because it makes it like more believable. Like also, buy, we can have those awesome sequences where he's fading in and I out. Buy, of... I buy that a Zuckerberg type would have unlimited money to have something. Yeah. Well, like he's that. also the guy making it. He's not just he is an optics guy. Right. Like it's it's a Tony Stark. And I also thing. buy that a Zuckerberg type would be 
crazy enough to brutalize women with that. You know, he he has the suit. He's like, oh, what do I do with the suit? I could, like, go and, like, rob a bank or whatever. And then he's, like, fucked up in the head enough to be like, actually, I can be real fucked up He's like, up if that this. bitch leaves me, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go ghost yeah. mode. It's... It, I, in my head, it wasn't like he built the suit to no, torment no, no. her. He had the suit, and he was, and like, then he was well, like, "Well, they talk well, about that he had been working on it, this right, kind of a suit, right? Like he had been working on this before she left him." But that part is, of me, part sorry. of me, also feels like I would love the take that is much more reminiscent of the original H.G. Wells story, and it's just like. He's invisible. Well, that's, that's a it. different story, though, because in that that story, I could be wrong on this because I've never actually read the book. But he, I mean, you are from some, his. He is some kind of scientist, and type. I mean, you like he is the protagonist of the story, exactly. which I don't think yeah. is as interesting as a story as the, the person who yeah, is the, abused, the abuser, the victim. Abused. It's it's incredible, I, and you can argue that sometimes it wears its themes on its sleeve a bit much, and it does for my taste, but. Keep in mind, A, what I've been saying this whole time, he wanted to make a commercially viable film that everyone could understand. And there also keep in mind there are a lot of dumb fucking guys out there that really do need it spelled out to them the effect that abuse has on a on a woman. Exactly. Like there are a lot of a lot of people that don't have that perspective on abuse. And well, especially because this is a horror movie. Horror movie the horror genre skews more male. So oh, there's yeah. more men are going to see this movie than women. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. it, just those are just kind of but, the facts of the yeah, genre. Yeah, but women are looking for horror movies to cater to them. It's not like they don't care. No, no, it's no, just no, no. The, I just yeah. The, the, that's just the demographic. Not, of the it. demand is there. The supply isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. the problem. Uh, yeah, I, and it it works. I I I will reiterate that like the idea that this gaslighting theme spreads to the entire story is like so genius so so genius that it's not just about the relationship that every interaction that she has with every character is a gaslighting s- scenario yeah and they, it's and so genius really even up until the moment the the one of the big turns in the movie is when the brother is finally like or you can get back with him yeah that's a big turn where some, finally someone's admitting that he's alive she knows it because up to that point there is a shitty movie version where it turns out she was hallucinating yeah you know what i mean but even leading up to that my favorite scene in the movie is when she slit when she is the dinner scene for slitting her sister's throat that was absolutely that, awesome that so is a fucking shocking cool shocking turn that was where you're so like you could oh feel like the gas i could like feel like the sphincters tightening in the theater yeah. while watching but that that's, moment that's the movie telling you like yeah we're fucking real we're doing this shit mm-hmm. we're not this here to our, play we are here and also it. but not just the gore the the no. story yeah, yeah yeah no because that means that she is now like framed for murder she's yeah. going to an institution and just the way the scene is shot you know like really zeroing in on her face the camera's like locked into her Everybody around her in the background is like moving away from her, terrified. Yeah, of her. that is a classically awesome horror so moment. Good. Like that is an awesome, awesome so, horror idea. But there is one thing before that, which I think I thought that this was going to be your big ass because it might be my biggest nitpick in the movie, in a movie that I have no nitpicks with. Um, it is that. Um, Elizabeth Moss Cecile is just this great person. Got this money, helping out this family in need. Um, and then uh, Storm Reed gets like punched in the face, and they immediately are like, "You definitely did this, you monster! You punched my daughter in the no, face." No, I was okay for, with that, but it like came so out of nowhere. Well, I don't think that it's it did. like gotta think. Why? You gotta think. This is a little girl, right? We're supposed to assume that she's like seventeen tops. Yes. Okay. Seventeen. She's about to go to college. Maybe sixteen. So imagine this dude is able to like. Pick grown adults up and throw them across the room. He's big. He f- probably punched her as hard as he could. Like, don't you think, you know, if, if you would have like slapped her, she would have been like, hey, why'd you do that? That wasn't nice. He must have hit this girl so fucking hard to make her turn immediately on a dime. The, I think that that's fine because I think there was lead up. Like, there was a good amount of him being like, 
like she, her saying, no, he's alive. I know it. He's here sometimes. But that like is, they were happened. like, hey, let's go get ice cream together. Yeah, I love ice cream. Let's just get ice cream and watch a movie. Bam, punched in the face. No, well, I think it's it, like he was, that was he. It's more that he is. He was dealing with like all of her craziness, like low key before that. He was he was like, you know what? She's been through a lot. I'm going to deal with the fact that she thinks there's a live invisible man right. in the world. <laughs> and then finally, when his daughter gets punched, he's like, all right, you know what? You're fucking crazy. Like, I can't handle it anymore. Yeah. Because he had already been with her to like the police station and just been like, what are you saying? You know, like there had been enough of that for me. I didn't. I was okay with it. You brought up the money. This actually brings up something that I've been thinking about a lot. We don't have we we get a title card that says two weeks later after she escapes. Um, We don't have a sense of like how much time passes between that and like the moment that she goes to the. um the sane asylum she gets arrested we can assume that's about a week week and a half based on when she gets pregnant so that's what i was exactly that's what i was thinking because they say that they're going to give her a hundred thousand dollars in monthly installments Mm -hmm. right so i was thinking like are there multiple months happening that she could acquire like multiple payments of this has she gotten Mm -hmm. her first payment yet because this is how this is how my brain works with these things that when they introduce when they show you that this guy is like an optics uh, technician scientist and there's a lot of like logic, technical stuff. Uh, this is my point about me being like torn about this where it's not boom, he's invisible. They're trying to explain it with the suit and the tech. If that's a piece, then why doesn't she use this money to buy an, or obtain some sort of uh, thermal goggles Mm. infrared goggles that allow her to see his body heat that's not that isn't obscured by the visual light she still isn't even like because everybody is gaslighting her so much i don't i think that she she starts well and also i think that she's kind of questioning herself at a certain point point she she realizes that she might be going insane exactly and at that point this is like that is pretty much the day of like everything everything happens so it's not like there's time for this I think that, I mean, she gets one payment because she buys the ladder and opens up the $10,000 bank account yeah. loan. So she gets one payment in. She's not going to think like, hmm, I think some infrared goggles. One thing, yeah. and I think that <laughs> why the twist of the movie works so well is that she is pregnant. And that he uh, knew all along that she was going to try to leave him. And like, that's took nuts. the birth control pills so that he could like create, like they could have their spawn together well, and stuff. It is... That is like the next level of psychotic where like he like because now it just opens up your mind where she talks a little bit about the abuse. But it really I think that the less said, the better in this instance. Like I'm thinking a movie like The Nightingale that came out last year where you have to see multiple rape sequences. And at a certain point, you kind of become numb to it because it's so disgusting. Like I think this the way that leaves your mind wandering and you're like, oh, she was trying to leave before this. Like, she was just getting raped. Like, yeah. that's just what is being set up by just having those little moments. Also, I didn't want to see, a, like, I didn't want, like, a bunch of flashbacks to that guy because I think that was a weak right. actor. Which we, we should say the opening scene, a lesser movie would have 15 minutes before getting to the scene that this movie mm-hmm. opens with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're seeing their interactions and him being shitty. Yeah, maybe even a abuse. montage of their relationship. Yeah. Them meeting at the party. Yeah. But the fact that this movie starts in media res with her leaving him, like, we get it. We immediately understand yeah, everything. I, That's the So I do want to know. It's so good. Because Zeus was still, the Zeus the dog, which a dog of the year so far um, in movies. Yeah. So, oh, such a sweet boy. I... Gotta be getting. Was hit. nobody get, like feeding him for the weeks that he was just alone in this house? Probably the brother. Yeah. Was if he the, still coming the by? Was he's handling the estate. Yeah, he's coming home to like hang out with the invisible man at yeah. that house. Probably. Well, no, I know, but she doesn't know that at that time. She just sees the dog like. Yeah. Just like, I mean, she's oh. she's losing it. <laughs> like yeah. she's going insane. Beautiful fucking house. Nice I, house. I, I did want to say. So he only leaves her five million dollars. That dude is worth like billions of dollars yeah, that guy's that rich. dude five mil i'd be kind of pissed about i'd be like are you fucking serious yeah. where's the rest of your money going yeah that's re- that really ain't shit <laughs> that's, that's a good point he probably put it on that stupid suit so <laughs> speaking of the suit uh pretty much all my other big ass had to do with the suit so uh 
these questions the suit is a bigger ask yeah Yeah, that's my biggest ask these questions might break the logic of the movie but they don't ruin the movie because of my point earlier about the movie not being about that yeah no it's it's, about her it's it's sci-fi it's just saying listen he's got the suit okay so (laughs) first how does the suit film the floor underneath his feet well it has literally like cameras in every inch of the suit even if he casts a shadow um and there's darkness i really there's no issue with this suit that is not a bigger issue in spider-man far from home yeah like you yeah. know what i mean well, this I mean, does it better also, than that all of these questions and the other questions i'm gonna ask they can all be answered with this guy just having enough this guy's a to, genius to and figure it yeah this out. guy's a genius and this is not quite our world how does the suit all. not make any noise when he walks around it's very quiet yeah um, again, he just has it. Well, I mean, that's the, the whole thing is stealth. With just the Invisible Man in general, it's just all about yeah, he stealth. Made so the he suit built to be quiet. the most yeah. stealthy thing possible. Um, I already asked the thermal infrared vision. Um, oh, I guess that was it. Those were the only questions. But they can all pretty much be answered with, he has the tech. He, he has, has the money. Yeah, so, the answer is he out. has the suit. And yeah. also, <laughs> I think that another reason why the suit works so great was, I mean, the best sequence of the movie for me is easily while she's in the hospital the action sequence and well not just not just the action sequence like everything with the fighting and then the suit phasing in and out i mm. thought that that was so beautiful how it's done some and cool kills that hallway yeah. that one shot in yeah, the, the hallway is I mean, incredible yeah that it's was just so the, the chance to get in like the halloween style killing you yeah. know spree you just get to see all of it at once it's just like no he's gonna go nuts right yeah. now and that's just lee winnell being like I can fucking direct. Yeah, I mean, I, can, I can fucking do this. It shit. is. And then, it's good directing. But from that into the the shots of in the rain and yeah. everything are just so beautiful, like picture perfect. Yeah, I will. I think not all of the scenes where people are hand to hand fighting the Invisible Man, some of them look better than others. Uh, uh, there are a few where I'm like, it's it's not even that it's poorly done. It's just that it doesn't look good it looks like someone fighting with nothing and you're kind of like this is a bit silly you know you're I, that, well, those are the fighting s- against a, a guy in a green suit I, uh, like that yeah, is oh yeah 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 i know but i was just thinking more about like that like i was thinking about the production of it during those moments because you're just watching elizabeth moss like like scoot around like a, a roach overturned on the ground like eh, you know yeah. and you're like oh, you know it was a little it, yeah it's better when he's not directly touching the people like that's why the movie i think is better before the suspense is better you know what than i mean the action yeah which well, is I mean, true think, of any horror think about almost. the yeah. suspense when she's and the biggest jump scare of the movie is when she's alone in the house and then up in the attic and gets the, the tech yeah. surprise and then throws the can of paint on the head <laughs> yeah. is like that is great i think that might have even been in the trailer of the movie but it was still yeah. super well, effective another thing that Wanell does uh that's like a commercial move is he's not afraid to do the thing of just during a scare he just blasts fucking noise at you the noise yeah. is not diegetic it's just when that happened there's just a fu- like it hurt my ears yeah. how loud but it's it not a fake out it's usually no, like a, that's the it's thing. A real it's a, thing it's a real scare he just jacks up the fucking noise to make you really freak out but i think that this movie does a better job because of the invisible aspect to it of the build up to the scare, the bringing you to the line and then bringing you back down where it doesn't feel cheap in the same yeah. way that a lot of no, other definitely horror movies not. do. Yeah. Because it's like the tension can get diffused, but is it really? Is he still just there? He just decided not to like pick up the knife or right. something like that. Like so I think that that's why that like, you're still so tense through those moments. A, a, an open door, just a doorway. Mm-hmm. Just a still shot of a yeah. doorway, and you're like, you're like biting, yeah, your you know, fucking it. nails. Because well, <laughs> the only time that there is any kind of a moment of like, a, like actually knowing that somebody is there is whenever they're staying outside in the cold and you see the breath. Yeah, yeah, that's and, the only and the, moment the sheets, that there's the footprints on the sheets. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that was a really um, good moment. The score is by Benjamin Wallfish. I looked it up after watching it because I was almost dead sure that it was whoever did the um. Uh, fucking, what's the uh Natalie Portman fucking horror movie? A A um, starts with an A. <laughs> Annihilation. It start with A. Yeah. Annihilation. Anni- I don't. T- I don't know. That's that word is too long. Oh, and anni- lost my phone. Annihilation. There a lot of the sounds, mm-hmm. the way that like the synths are also in a way like uh, they, it sounds like technology. It's yeah. you know, and it's also just getting blasted so hard that it is a jump scare in itself. 
uh, a lot of similar techniques there. It's the guy who did both of the It movie scores, mm-hmm. which there's too much score in also, those movies. Also, Shazam. Hey, good he, Blade he, Runner 2049, Blade of course. He, yeah, I was going to say his music for Blade Runner 2049, um, too. But yeah, it all it all just works together to make a movie that I, I think becomes underrated in certain circles. And by certain circles, I mean letterboxed. Yeah. Because... Uh, obviously, if you're on a social media site for movies, or if you're like a very avid movie watcher, you know, to the point of listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. you may be over some of the standard tactics for, you know, scares or for laughs or whatever. Like, I have a problem with comedy where I just cannot laugh at most things that yeah. people think is funny because I'm just too into comedy. Right. And in a movie like this, I have to supremely appreciate the fact that that is on purpose and that they just wanted everyone to watch it. Mm -hmm. It was not someone with a pure vision of like Egger style art. And like, you know, he's like, I'm really into period specific Satanism stuff. I don't care if anyone else is into that. I'm making this movie. No, this is a guy who wants to make movies that people watch. And also he has a lot of brilliant ideas that go into the making of this movie. Like, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Um, the movie has a point. It has yes. a, a theme that it wants to get across, an idea. And even and the much worse version is when it seems like we have a split personality movie where like clearly someone else came in and had to make changes for the big audience. Yeah. That sucks when that happens. Well, it's because Always. It's, it's, such a, it's such a small budget. You know, they were like, Jason Blum, he has his guys. He knows. Blum lets people cook. He, yeah, yeah. He knows that it's not a huge uh, investment because you're working with a less than 10. This is practically a micro budget movie. Yeah. And you're working with a guy whose entire history is commercial movies. Yeah. Like he knows how to do it. And this movie has, I think, more craft than anything he's done and up I, to this point. I also think the big takeaway is that just because you're trying to appeal to the masses doesn't mean you have to make things dumbed down and stupid. No. That's what this movie proves is that is that you you know, you don't have to go for the artsy fartsy shit and you don't have to go for the mass media you know uh lowest common den- denominator sludge either. No. You can have this like thing that's like smart but also pretty popcorn yeah. entertainment. Yeah. Well, I think I think there are two movies that uh, created the world where this movie exists and one is get out yeah uh, you know it in- introduces a social theme of a marginalized group into horror and then the other one is a quiet place i think that that the mark of that movie is all over this movie in a good way because that's a really good movie that has a ton of craft to it uh, and it also like you said it's not making giant leaps it's just it just knows that people can take a bunch of mini leaps yeah like that's what this movie is too yeah it's not people are smart if you give them the chance people will follow yeah exactly people i feel like a lot of hollywood was mind blown that people liked a quiet place because they're hollywood thinks that they need a human being to say almost straight to the camera here's what's going on you know (laughs) like that's how dumb they think that we are and a quiet place similarly I wouldn't call it pure visionary work because of that. Like, it's not like someone had like a fucking nightmare and then just put it on a movie. But that's fine. This is a really good movie, mm-hmm. and I think we should enjoy it for what we it is. I think that it's a great. I I actually think that I like this movie more than A Quiet Place. I would put it a little bit above A Quiet Place. I think I like. Just I really think that this movie like it had me. I think that the way that it deals with trauma yeah, and the with themes. the more human well, aspects is yeah. more compelling than 95% of horror movies. A Quiet Place's message is love your kids. Yeah. Like that, that's the, there's, no, there's no moment of John Krasinski signing I love you, I'll always love you <laughs> to the camera. I do think A Quiet Place does have more effective like thrills and, and tension and suspense. Um, not to say that those things aren't effective in this movie they're incredibly effective i just think a quiet place is like that one really kind of gutted me uh but this one really has those those themes about like gaslighting and abuse yeah i think that that's what puts it above when the craft of a quiet place i would say is just a titch maybe better yeah but they're they're in a similar zone of just like supreme confidence or uh competence like just like supremely competent emily blunt fucking amazing performance in a quiet place like mm-hmm. toe to toe i mean she could have done this yeah but elizabeth moss i mean 
Yeah. I I agree with you. I think I, this is an award-worthy performance. And she's so good. Like, I mean, it's if Lupita Nyong'o didn't get nominated for us, then there's no way yeah, that Elizabeth yeah. Moss will yeah, be recognized. Maybe. But the Academy is sexist and, or uh, racist. The, the, there we go. So there's... Yeah. <laughs> I, I before we wrap up, I did want to read the the little uh, Wikipedia blurb of the original Invisible Man novel, um, published as a novel in 1897. Uh, the Invisible Man is his name is Griffin, and he's a scientist who has devoted himself to research into optics and invents a way to change a body's refractive index to that of air so that it neither absorbs nor reflects light and thus becomes invisible. So, he successfully carries out this huh. procedure on himself, but fails in his attempt to reverse it. An enthusiast of random and irresponsible violence, Griffin has become an iconic character in horror fiction. So in this movie, the, the suit is a bunch of cameras, right? Yeah. It's just a million little cameras. There does exist, have you seen, there exists the technology to make, there's a jacket you can find a picture online that has a bunch of cameras attached to it so that the person wearing it looks uh, transparent. You can yeah. still see the jacket, but it looks like they just have a hole in them. And it's very cool. So this is like an idea that's <laughs> this is still obviously like every little nitpick you had about the suit. Yeah, that it is impossible. Totally. But uh, that's fine. You know, it's a it's a scary it's, movie. Yeah. And I do think I mean, we talked about it before, but that story i mean there's a way that you can make this movie where invisible man is like a sympathetic character and i'm glad that we didn't get that yeah. version and i i i just want to read that because i i had completely forgotten that he literally is a optics scientist in the original yeah. that they had optics in the 1800s well, i almost wish they had updated the language for now just yeah. say be like oh yeah he's that really famous guy who's good at optics <laughs> like i don't what what would he do now i think he would be more of like a camera developer thing you know well, what I mean? that's still people that people that work in optics that's still yeah, like a profession know. yeah i know but it's just i yeah. feel like that's not like a famous but you, thing. But it's like, you work for optics for a company yeah you don't you know, know rather, we don't know of anyone who works in optics. well I'd he rather, does have a company i don't yeah. remember what i'd rather have this than have him be like an app developer or like a military defense he, contractor or, he um, works for Facebook, and his name is Mark Zuckerberg. He'd really just, yeah, he'd be like Elon Musk. Right. Like, you know, they could have leaned into that and make it so he's like this pop uh, this pop culture icon. He's rich, but like he also smokes weed, so he's kind of like us. <laughs> I, uh, I did catch the couple like little uh, kind of nods to the original Invisible Man. There's like the guy, the mannequin with the hat. It's kind of random, but it is like a nod in the bedroom. And then it, when she's in the hospital, there's the guy that's like on the um, the bed, like completely bandaged up. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. just little little nods here. To, there, to I mean, like there is. I do want to recommend for people, if you like the movie, listen to Lee Winnell's interview on the big picture, because it is interesting him talking about how they did some of the actual invisible stuff that they did actually do some stuff like how they did in the original movie where there was just a guy in a cabinet pulling a string to create <laughs> nice. like the sense of like a door opening or closing. Nice. All right. Well, that's our full review thoughts, takes, feelings of the invisible man 2020 off to a solid start 2020 really I, good is it this is the first movie that we have talked about this year well i saw birds of prey and i enjoyed it um, i i saw part of doolittle okay i did okay. not enjoy it um, um so yeah we have ketchup coming at you in a couple days i think next week we're gonna do midnight cowboy in our director draft so pretty excited for that i did add lee winnell to our draft so he's on the oh, list oh shit uh, we have over 100 directors on our list that we'll be drafting. Got to do some mock director drafts to prepare. Okay, it's yeah. It's like a fantasy football league. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, also coming up, um, Mulan. There was another Quiet one. Quiet Place Part 2. Quiet Place Part 2, of course. Um, oh, yes. I see. <sighs> that so That movie to me just ended in it. To me, it was done. Yeah, you it know? was a pretty perfect ending. I'm not... I'm not sold on its existence. I am sold on the fact that it'll have a level of quality to it. Like, I'm sure. I just, I think Krasinski is like good. Is really he on the director's good. draft? He's on the draft. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. He's really talented. I'm I'll taking, see anything. I'm I wish taking... we could wait until after Quiet Place Part 2 to know if he has yeah. a second feature in him. I'm taking, B, I'm taking B Coops over him. 
And if, I'm, not, I'm not joking. Yeah. I, yeah. I think Star is Born is way better than um, of course. Quiet Place. Yeah. Do you get his acting portfolio and no. the director's go? Well, I mean, if he acts in what he directs, can we? It, can I just take Spielberg, but just as a producer? I don't. I'm not interested in what he directs unless he directs uh, Ready Player One, Two. Ready Player Two. Ready Player Come Two. Come on. <laughs> Ready Player Two. It was right, right there for me. <laughs> it was right there for me. Thanks just for listening. Um, please follow us on Twitter, Letterboxd, at We Bought a Mic. And send us a voicemail, anchor.fm slash we bought a mic. Recommend it to your friends. Stay tuned. Um, let us know all your thoughts, feedback, questions. Um, maybe just slip us a quick um, dollar bill or two. What? What are we saying? What? What are we asking? Are you begging for money Listen, through Anchor right now? Brian, can you even, can you Brian, even we're do really, that? Brian, we're hurting over here. You know, maybe maybe you don't give us any money. Maybe one of the mics goes. Huh? <laughs> maybe we'll turn invisible and just take it from you. I haven't seen my friend miss the microphone in a minute. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye.